live from Dime Square, New York City. Good evening, Kings. It's NFL betting market outlook for week 15. We are into the holidays. And for that reason, in fact, this may be the last regular season betting market outlook. As we start traveling, start spending some time with family, with our girlfriends who maybe still exist, who knows? So we're gonna walk through a recap of our live betting performance, some of our favorite trades, some of our trades that didn't work so well, then dive in to our drive quality scoreboard, quickly recap some of the biggest movers in the consensus market power rankings, and then we'll dive in to week 15. When we recap week 14's live betting performance, what trade do you think worked out the best for you, for us, and maybe something that didn't work out? The Chris Moore over. Chris Moore over receiving yards, 80 and a half. Right? We took that. He had about 59 and a half receiving yards. It was clear that Davis Mills was looking his way. This is a team that was without Nico Collins, without Brandon Cooks, in a passing game script. Like Davis Mills was going to look Chris Moore's way. Look, anything can happen for 20 yards, but like if you're if you have on pretty decent certainty that like he's going to get four or five targets. It was just a fundamental mispricing. Arjun, a regular contributor in the chat. In fact, to join the stream later on in the afternoon, Arjun Menon, I mean, he pitched what, four, five, six prop bets over the course of the day and went like five of six, just was on fire. And that Chris Moore one too, was my favorite bets of the day, not just because it cashed, but because it was such a screaming buy. And that was the type of systematic bet that I wish we could regularly flag. Cause it was at halftime when we legged in to that live bet. He had four or five catches, like eight targets, 60 yards. And his live line was only like 18 yards in excess of that. And he was getting the looks and that was what was most important. And the game script suggested continued passing. All the factors lined up of this yeah. is materially mispriced let's exploit it and like big props to Arjun for really being able to bring it to our attention and for us to, as a community, really exploit that. What did you not like? What did I not like? The Minnesota money line. I took that in the middle of the game, right after the Vikings went down by one score. I think it was like second or third quarter. And I was like, oh, I'll trade it off another side. And that was my pregame plan. But the game script wasn't going according to plan that I like initially in my head, it was like, okay, these teams are not going to be able to stop each other. They're going to be putting up a lot of points, and that's why I should buy both sides. But that game script wasn't happening. Uh, and I just had in my head, oh, this is what I want to do. Don't forget your game plan. And I bet that. But I was like, the game was like 21-14 or whatever. The scoring didn't really pick up until very late in the fourth quarter when it was already out of hand. And it was a failure to adapt to what was actually happening. And I was just like, okay, usually I like to come in with my plan, and I keep. There's no worse feeling than I had the plan and I didn't execute. That's the worst feeling, but it wasn't going according to plan. So don't just bet it because it was like in your head that this was the thing to do. For me, I would say the one that I made that I regret was Giants plus 14. <sighs> one, because pretty much everyone disagreed with it and I did it anyway. It just wasn't a good bet. Also, just a lot of totals ended up not working out this year that was definitely a drag on performance net net yeah. usually it hasn't been there was just like a lot of weird game flows this week i think that's my last live trade that i would say that i actually did really and it kind of ties in 
to our week 14 drive quality, something that we've talked about in the past as well. I like looking at the drive quality scoreboard to really confirm or deny a live thesis on a game and why we either made a trade and maybe it didn't work out or maybe it did work out. And one of the things I really liked was I really levered into Pittsburgh at beyond the field goal. So I got it like three and a half, four and a half, five and a half. In fact, it was one of the biggest trades I made. I ended up putting like a little bit too much exposure on it, but drive quality says that the Steelers in fact played better. Steelers 19 earned points to the Ravens 18 earned points and it confirms what I thought I was seeing in the game. Another live trade that we won some and lost some on, but again, drive quality, I think confirms we had the right approach was Jets. So we took some Jets levered bets, some Jets alt lines deep out of the money that ended up not cashing, but drive quality bills, 16 earned points, Jets 13 earned points. So a much closer game. But I actually rewatched that game. I really liked what I saw from the Jets. In fact, Flacco came in, turned the ball over, and that was critical to the outcome. So Mike yeah. White missed basically two full drives. And Mike White played really good. He had some drops. Again, he missed a few throws and wasn't able to bring them back in that final drive really to put anything together. It was kind of four and out, game over. But Corey Davis also went out early. The weather was miserable, but I like what I saw from the Jets, and I like drive quality scoreboard, confirms that I test. Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't help to, to salt the wound with a plus seven and a half just ticket when I lost by yeah. eight. Yeah. No, but when it was like seven to seven, we were getting plus 600 money lines. This is mispriced. Again, they ended up losing, yeah. but that was mispriced. Uh, moving on to our week 15 consensus market power rankings, looking at the weekly power rankings from ESPN. PFF 538 football outsiders and in predict our model equal weights all those power rankings to spit out a consensus market power ranking top five usual suspects bills still at number one chiefs at number two eagles up one spot to three cowboys down one spot to four Bengals at the fifth spot so not a lot of movement in the top five and then to round out the top 10 we got Niners, Ravens, Patriots, one of the big movers, up four spots to number eight, Dolphins to number nine, down two spots, and then the Packers at 10, up three spots, just a relative move based on the teams surrounding them all dropping spots. So the teams around them, Dolphins, Bucks, Vikings, Browns, all losing two, three spots. And therefore, by that relative move, the Packers moving up. But drive quality is still a meaningful market low on the Packers at 24th. The next closest is 538 at 16th. And I will say our drive quality really does have some, some major disagreements in yes. the top 10 for the Packers. Market has it at 10th. We have a 24. Bucks. Market has it at 11th. We have it at 23. And I will just say, we, we do have a new number one in our draft quality, the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. All of two weeks true. ago. All of two weeks ago, where everyone was ready to give up on the Eagles. As the, they were tier two team. It's the Cowboys and the Niners. I'm like, everyone has seemingly forgotten about what happened two weeks ago. And is back on the Eagles train. The production didn't change. Weird things happen yeah. in the NFL. They only beat the Colts by one. It's a good reminder of... In which the drive quality had the Eagles winning that game by a full touchdown. 
Yeah, exactly. The drive quality, the, from the drive quality's perspective, the Eagles production has been as stable as can be from week one on. And the results of the games may have varied because that's what happens over the course of the NFL season. But their ability to move the ball has basically remained exactly the same. It's an important reminder. And Jalen Hurts is playing like a legitimate MVP candidate. He's the odds on favor right now. Whatever, regardless of who should be there. It was almost the assumption that you can't win with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. That was the thing that everyone would have said before the season. And very quietly and gradually, it's been like, oh yeah, of course Jalen Hurts. And I think it's an important, same thing to a similar extent with Jared Goff. It's like, yes, it's a matter of levels, but at the same time, I don't think we can work under the assumption that there are super winning quarterbacks and in the right circumstances, anyone can be successful. And I wouldn't just say, okay, good quarterback, bad quarterback, they can't win, they can. And that's an important thing to, to keep in mind as we move on to the playoffs. Great call out with the new number one with the Eagles and drive quality. Something we were talking about earlier today is to what extent the drive quality power rankings lead the broader consensus market power rankings. So to provide you some leading predictable signal, we back tested this on 20 years plus of data and it had remarkably predictive results, which is one of the reasons why we've had so much confidence in it, even though this is the first season. And I think just anecdotally, it's been great. It's been ahead of the curve on a team like the Bengals, been well ahead of the curve on a team like the Seahawks, like the Lions. It's been well ahead of the curve on fading teams like Packers, Rams, Bucks, Colts, and being able to avoid those types of teams. It's been very accurate on the Cardinals. Being like ahead of ranking the Cardinals is basically a bottom three team for most of the entire season. And in fact, it's pretty much the only signal that we've gotten from drive quality that we have manually overridden over and over again. It has had its misses too. We've had some heartbreak betting the Jags, though that's all but forgiven yeah. after last But season. again, the, ja- the Jags the is like, a, the Jags, the Saints is a fair one. Cause I think it, it's been miscalculating but, what we've seen from the Saints. It's hard to say that the Jags is wrong. Yeah, meaning I, it's not wrong in the sense of assessing the It hasn't truth, made us money. The capital T truth, yes. I just mean what's made us money. And so some of the biggest one-week movers from the upside, Panthers up four spots to number 26 on a market consensus power rank perspective. Drive quality still a little bit hotter on the Panthers at 22. Lions up four spots. Top 10 team from a drive quality perspective, something we called out last week and why it was actually justified from a drive quality perspective, why they were favorites versus the Vikings. And Patriots up another four spots to a top 10 team now, number eight. We're still a little bit cold on the Patriots. We're at a market low at 13th. And then some of the biggest divers this week is down seven spots to a market consensus power rank of 30th. Of course, now losing Kyler Murray. But drive quality was already well ahead of that. Already was ranking again as a bottom two, three team for several weeks in a row, but pretty much the whole season. Seahawks down four spots, Browns down three spots, and a flurry of teams down two or one spot. And that rounds it up. Okay, so let's move in to NFL week 15. Start with the Thursday night game, 49ers at Seattle. 49ers minus three and a half plus 100 on DraftKings right now with a total of 43. Brock Purdy banged up. The narrative I'm hearing around this game is Geno Smith's playing worse. It's still a tough place to play in Seattle. The Niners are outperforming. Purdy can't be 
as efficient or as good as he has been. Getting Seahawks over a field goal. This is slam dunk Seahawks territory. That's the narrative that I've heard recited. So this makes me not want to touch Seattle. Right. I don't want to touch either of these teams. I disagree with the reasoning, though. I mean, Geno Smith is coming down to earth, but I don't think it's a difference in process at all. In the sense of, like, he's been throwing these turnover-worthy play-type passes all season long. This is actually a bunch of film people have been, have been pointing this out. It's just they happen to be turning to interceptions now, but nothing's fundamentally changed. And, like, you still could get the Geno games from earlier in the season. But Brock Purdy's been nothing but excellent. There's... What evidence do we have other than the fact that he, like, is a rookie, which could happen, of course, to say that, like, oh, he's going to come crashing down to Earth. There's no way to know. I will say there's, a, there's an important lie here, I think, which is that the Niners play far better from ahead. If you want to fade him, you probably want to fade him when the Niners are behind, if they do fall behind. And Seattle's been a great team when Juno needs to throw. He's He has not been the issue for leading comebacks. It's been the defense failing to, to stop teams, which I think are important angles to consider. All right, Saturday game, Colts, Vikings, Colts plus four, total 48. I think the Jeff Saturday magic is wearing off. So I think this is a pretty meaningful head coaching mismatch, talent mismatch. Again, things didn't go right for the Vikings versus Red Hot Lions team, but Kirk Cousins still played well underneath the discrepancy in score. And I think I like the Vikings here. I think so too. We know what the Vikings are. They're the same team. They're very stable. I think they happen to match up pretty well against the Colts in that the Colts have really limited production against wide receivers. But number one, Justin Jefferson's an alien. He'll probably win that matchup regardless. And they can win with their backs and especially throwing a TJ Hawkinson uh, over them. And I I don't think the Colts offense is really capable of taking advantage of the areas where Minnesota's weakest in the secondary. If you've got the noodle armor of Matt Ryan throwing to Alec Pierce, not exactly instilling fear and executing the deep ball. Yeah. The Vikings, the poorest defense. And we know yeah. one of the biggest weaknesses for Matt Ryan, you're going to put pressure on him, then everything can unravel quite fast. And I don't know if the Vikings are necessarily going to be able to do that, which could keep the game closer. And if they establish it, Jonathan Taylor's running for seven yards to carry and it's a slow game. Of course, that's, uh, that's working in favor of the Colts. All right, Ravens, a plus three in Cleveland. Total is 37. I was tweeting a little bit this week about Deshaun Watson. I rewatched the Browns-Bengals. And to me, he definitely looked slow, lacked the processing speed, was throwing the ball late. But one less dropped ball, one less bad pass, and literally one. One less dropped ball in a critical situation, one less bad pass into the end zone that was too high and it wasn't caught, changes the game script of that game. From a drive quality perspective, the Browns did outperform their realized score. Yeah. And it's going to continue to take a few games and maybe the whole the rest of the season for Deshaun Watson to really get back up to speed. But I think he did play better than what the perception is losing to the Bengals by two touchdowns. Completely agree with that one. I think what people are not talking about is over the last month, the Browns rushing game has fallen off a cliff. Like Earlier in the season, they were averaging like 0.1 EPA per rusher, which was first in the NFL by far. It was efficient as like some of the best passing games. Right now, it's negative 
0.19, which is worse than the Carolina Panthers offense this year. A lot worse. The run game has been pretty much a disaster over the past couple of months. I don't know if Watson's the biggest issue right now. And I think almost baked into to the price for Cleveland is, okay, their offense is going to get going because they can always run the ball. And I'm not sure that's really true. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if Watson puts together a vintage performance. And I think you're right that this game looks very different. If Donovan Peoples-Jones doesn't drop that touchdown, which would have hit a nice so 40 to one same game parlay and they like were failing on fourth downs i think the browns could surprise put together good offense but it all hinges on the Sean watson because this rushing game is not not really going right now dolphins plus seven in buffalo 43 and a half is the total the weather is supposed to be weather, pretty yeah, miserable which is one of the reasons why i suspect the total is this low given these two offenses yeah nonetheless i want to target that total of 43 and a half i think we go over i know the bills offense has definitely been clunky the last couple weeks certainly not nearly as explosive as we've become accustomed to and then there's also i've been reading some things on twitter oh the dolphins have been found out the game script is out on them i don't know if that's necessarily true either i trust my daniel to make adjustments in it was unclear okay was this a niners thing and then once Staley did the kind of exact same thing, giving depth to linebackers. Okay, it's out. People are going to try that. Daniel knows he has to adjust now. It's not just a one-off with the Niners. And if you want to look at all the Dolphins have played on scripted plays this year, they've been great. I trust McDaniel to figure it out, come up with a new game plan. He knows what's coming. It's no secret, right? The Niners and Chargers just the same thing. But the other part is that, like, I've been really selling the Bills defense recently. He has not been playing well over the past bunch of weeks, and this is a double-sided thing I want to buy, which is we're not going to get the Dolphins lower than where they're at right now. We know the, like they have the ingredients to be an extremely successful offense. They've shown that for weeks on end. They have that high-end ceiling, and the Bills defense is being priced as an elite one when they're just not, and they're not really able to get quick pressure, which is really the only area that Tua has been unsuccessful this year. Again, weather's certainly a concern, but assuming it's not 30 mile per hour winds and four inches of snow. Yeah, the wind will be I critical. Like, the wind will be critical. Yeah. The wind is critical, but I see this as a spot for the Dolphins to bounce back. Uh, again, it's an overrated Bills defense, and trust McDaniel, there's no reason not to. Yeah, I would agree with it. I definitely like Dolphins plus seven. And as long as the wind is not a meaningful element, then over on the 43 and a half. Eagles minus nine on the road versus Chicago. Terrible defense. One of the worst defenses in the league the last five weeks, especially since they started making some of those trade deadline moves. Total 48 and a half. This also seems like it could be potentially low for two of the most explosive offenses that we've seen from a drive quality perspective. Yeah, I think the, the question really hinges on Fields' health and whether or not he's going to be rushing. If he's rushing, this can be an explosive Bears offense. But again, as I always like to say, points exist in, in two spheres, right? It is both a reflection of like a point spread value, like power rankings and a fundamental. This team is four spread points better than the next, but it also exists as real points in real games. And as we saw last week, it's a perfect example. The Eagles will be extremely aggressive. They're willing to put up a lot of points. And when a team is scoring 35, 40 points, the minus eight spread is not so meaningful. The Eagles are clearly the superior team. The total might be attractive if the, uh, the Bears can put up points on their own. But I like the Eagles here, for sure. I'm looking at the total over seems like potentially the most attractive and I would do alt total, especially if you get a relatively quiet start chiefs two touchdown favorite in Houston versus Texans total 49. Maybe the last week, intrastate 
rivalry, Texans and Cowboys. Maybe that was the last hurrah, but it said this numerous times this year. Uh, I do not like Chiefs double digits. I don't like Chiefs really two scores type spreads. It didn't work out last week either, even though they went up four touchdowns. You end up not getting the cover. Drive quality says that they didn't get the cover either, so it wasn't necessarily unjustified. Russell Wilson goes out. Who knows? Maybe that game gets even more sideways if he potentially stays in. Again, the Chiefs just, they're not interested in blowing teams out, or I don't know what it is, but they just don't. They do it maybe once a year, regardless of the competition. And for that reason, I would not want to mess with Chiefs minus 14. And Davis Mills loves to throw it downfield, which you connect on a couple of those. That's enough offense. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see any reason to buy the Chiefs at 14 here. And I'm not buying the Texans either. One of the biggest spreads of the season, Texans at home. I think it has to be, if you are a D-Gen and want some exposure on this, got to be like Texans or bust in my view. Cowboys minus four on the road at Jacksonville, total 48. <sighs> I'm going back, I don't know, for the 13th time this season. Every week it looks attractive. I've said numerous times, I do not like the Cowboys. I do not trust the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to go very far. And the Jags are super volatile, super clumsy, make tons of mistakes. But we said this in the past too. We said in the preseason preview. You don't want to play the Jags in the final four weeks of the season, especially. And we definitely saw that start to come to fruition last week. Definitely one of the better games that they played all season. And now they're plus four on the road, still alive in the division, tons to play for. I'm torn here because I like both sides. I think the we haven't really seen the Cowboys offense unleashed in a, a pass-heavy game script, meaning they've really just put on the easy the easy buttons and led their run game. And I think this offense will be extremely successful when they're throwing the ball. And the Jaguars' defense is really attackable yeah. right now. So, like, they are really weak. They've been the second-worst pass defense by a large margin over the past two months of the season. And the Cowboys are really built to exploit that, even if it hasn't actually kind of manifest that way over the past couple of months. Which leads me to say exactly how I will be attacking this game, which is a tails outcome. I will combine some Dak Prescott passing props with that. I could try and middle this with the Jaguars' bet also, but I will be betting... Prescott passing overs in some combination of Cowboys. In the same vein, like I think you can bet on Lawrence. Lawrence is playing at an elite level right now. He's been unbelievable for five, six games now. All right, Lions plus one in New York versus the Jets. 44 and a half, low total. I don't know if weather could potentially be a factor here. Jets defense played awesome versus the Bills. Again, I really liked what I saw from the Jets rewatching that. Drive quality liked what they saw from the Jets. Mike White played really well. If the injury is not going to affect Mike White's play, then I really like the Jets here. Yeah. Interesting. And the Lions are a different beast in domes, especially at home. And when they go outside on the road, it's just... I think you're just butthurt from that, that Patriots game. But... That, that in any case, is, I think the Jets are still well being taken. underrated. Yeah. yeah, It should be three. Um, it should be three in my view. I'm torn here. He, Lions rise has, I think, in part come that the offense has been good, for sure, and that's been it's been great all year. Their defense has played better as of late, and I want to sell that angle. 
right? Like, I, are they the 32nd best defense? No. Are they the 20th best defense? Also, no. I think it's somewhere in between. And I kind of want to sell the, the short-term rise in the Lions' defensive stock. With that said, their offense has been amazing. And it's a real clash. I'm not sure that Amon um, Ross and Brand is going to get Sauce Gardner treatment. I don't know if Sauce Gardner is going to go in the slot to play with him. And, like, you added Jamison Williams, who, by the way, was the fastest track player last week and caught a bomb of a touchdown. He'd be a dynamic offense. I have no take either side of this game. Can the Jets' defense slow down the Lions? I'm not sure. I usually like to bet on the offense over the defense. Yeah, it's a good live one to play, though, if you see the Lions slowed down by the Jets. And I think the Jets will have the same success on offense. It's another great matchup for Mike White. And that's why I really like the over 44.5 here as well, assuming that there's not going to be a huge weather element. Steelers plus three in Carolina, 37 and a half. I'm really rooting for the Panthers. I got that plus 4,000 division ticket just from three weeks ago. You bring it up now. Do you know what the Panthers are to win their division now without looking? Plus 300. I just know because I check these daily. Something at work. That but, is uh, a rapidly bullish move. Nonetheless, so I'll be rooting for the Panthers for sure, but I am not going to be betting them minus a field goal. No. The no. defense has been playing awesome, but one of the components of my thesis for betting the Panthers was that Darnold could come in, potentially stabilize offense a little bit. He can play well since, and he's been playing relatively error-prone football. But I rewatched the Panthers-Seahawks, and I saw a lot of things from Darnold that I just did not like. The dude is like a perfect example of how smart someone like Tom Brady is, and just how Darnold is just not very smart. He got sacked numerous times, and almost every time he got sacked, He's all tangled and like putting his body in these very bizarre positions to the extent of where I thought almost every time he got sacked, he was going to suffer some serious injury, knee injury, back injury, hip injury, because he kept putting himself in bad positions. You know, where someone like Tom Brady knows how to take a hit, knows when to give up, knows when just to collapse. And that's how he elongates his career and also doesn't put himself in necessarily very vulnerable positions to turn the ball over. And so now versus a defense like the Steelers, I'm worried about the Panthers. The main benefit from Darnold so far, you could say, is he hasn't been turnover prone, but he was very like prone to potentially turning the ball over, even in last week's game for a bad defense like the Seahawks. Yeah, TJ Watt scares me against the, uh, the Panthers. So the offensive line has held up. I just don't see any angles to play like, either side here. Falcons plus four and a half division matchup with the Saints. In New Orleans, 43 and a half total. Desmond Ritter going to be the, the starter for Atlanta. Introduces a component of uncertainty. He played pretty decent in the preseason. And the Saints are just, just can't put it all together. Yeah, I don't feel very strongly in this one. Too much uncertainty. Patriots, minus one on the road in Las Vegas. 44 and a half the total. I'm not going to bet anything before the game. There is something I want to monitor live, which is the Raiders have been playing terrific when playing ahead with a lead. And conversely, the Patriots have been among the worst at 
coming back. Yeah, makes sense with a offensive coordinator who lacks in creativity. They're like a bottom three team in uh, in any efficiency metric when they're down. So I'd look to if the Raiders get out to a lead, I'd be perfectly fine betting on the Raiders and maybe moving up some off lines. Big interesting matchup here, obviously with kind of mentor versus mentee angle i probably like the raiders here cardinals plus three on the road in denver 36 the total this is the lowest one on the board two bad offenses not back from the broncos i don't care who you're putting do you know is russell wilson supposed to be back have you seen anything like that oh that's a good point the nfl's been it's almost two weeks for concussions right yeah yeah, and that was a yeah. bad-looking one, too. Like a visceral oh, that one where terrible. everyone has an image in their head. And also, this is all about optics. They're, like, zoomed in on him clearly out of it. Yeah, and they got nothing yeah. to play for, of course. Yeah, both teams are done. No thanks. Yeah. I'm spending my money on this game. Bengals minus 3.5 on the road in Tampa. 44 the total. Again, from my anecdotal experience, hearing what others have to say about this game, it's the Bengals are beat up. The... Tom Brady-led Bucks are still a top 10 team who've just played bad football, but still have that sky-high ceiling. They just got blown out. Tom Brady's going to be pissed. This is going to be a bounce-back game. And I'm fully on board fading that narrative. Oh, I got a little worried there for a second. This is probably my highest connection play of the week. The Bengals, and I'll be definitely adding it with portal passing props to go along with it. If you look at the Infradict ranking from our chart earlier, which again, sources in exactly with being priced in this week, and to some extent next week. They still have the Bucks at 10th. Our draft quality has them at like 24th, 23rd. If you look at EPA on offense, the Bengals are 3rd. Uh, the Bucks are 21st. These teams are not in the same stratosphere. You think about, again, the same point I made earlier about points existing in multiple spheres. We know the Bengals are going to be able to score. How are the Bucks keeping up pace? These teams are not the same caliber offense. At the end of the day, the market is pricing in some sort of turn and efficiency for the Bengals' uh, passing offense. And I want to fade any, like, defensive downgrade for elite offenses. I think defensive matchups can matter in, in the middle but Burrow's going to win against anyone. Also, like, the Tampa defense is a shell of itself. Yeah. Uh, Shaq Barrett's out. Jamel Dean, who's like PFF's 10th ranked corner, he's going to be out for this game. Vita Bale looks like he's going to be out. If Sean Murphy, Bunting, and Anton Winfield will be back, which is not a, a given at all, they're, they're certainly banged up. This defense has zero pass rush. They don't have talent in the secondary. We've talked at nauseum all season about the offensive flaws. The Bengals are peaking. Joe Burrow is not taking sacks anymore. The offensive line is playing way better. We know the talent they have at receiver. I love the Bengals as well. Yeah, these are two teams moving in two different directions. Yeah, uh, you're still and... not being priced that way. No, that's the and... key point. We have the evidence. Is like Bengals are the Bucks are holding prices a top ten team. They're a bottom ten team for sure. They're terrible. And that's what is presenting the opportunity here is there some pretty strong just storylines around this game that's causing this pricing. And when we're talking about ceiling outcomes for the Bucks, yeah, it's week 15 and it's never materialized all season, but people continue to cite it. I feel like this should be Bengals minus seven and a half. And so I would play this all the way up to, I'm looking at Bengals minus 14. Wow. Minus 13 and a half, yeah. plus 298. The Titans plus three 
in LA versus Chargers. 47 and a half. The total Chargers minus three plus 100 on DraftKings. The Chargers have been choppy, but maybe they're starting to put it together. Again, they're getting healthier. Healthy. Yep. I still have questions about the defense. I just don't think this is the spot for the, the Titans are not the team to capitalize. They insist on just running the ball and they don't have the receiver talent to take advantage of the Chargers secondary. And I think we can't overstate the difference between Justin Herbert throwing to Michael Bandy and these were nobodies. And like now they have five legitimate weapons. Like Mike Williams, legitimate weapon. Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett. Josh Palmer's a very good three. Austin Eckler's one of the best out of the backfield. You can't underestimate that. Granted, the offensive line has still been an issue and like Herbert's had to manage and navigate kind of those pockets. But yeah, I've been attacking the Titans pass defense all year. I don't see any reason to stop right now. Yep. I like that angle. Giants in Washington rematch of a game just a few weeks ago. Giants plus four and a half over under 40 and a half. I was really surprised by this line. In fact, this might be one of the most surprising lines because I at least understand. I think the Bengals box is mispriced, but I understand why it is what it is. I'm surprised the Giants is plus four and a half here in a game that went to OT just a few weeks ago and our drive quality had implied the Giants did play, in fact, a little bit better than the Commanders. I know the Giants did not look good last week, but they're getting blown out by ostensibly perhaps the best team in the NFL. Certainly understandable. I like Giants plus four and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I have to find these teams... Even I was pretty shocked, actually, when we were looking at power rankings. The Giants were 28, 29, something like that. And the commanders are 15. That's crazy. I think these two teams are awfully similar. It's just if we flip their seasons, I think we flip the power rankings. Yeah. Drive quality has Washington 18th. Giants 21st. Versus market power rankings of 15th for Washington. 29th for the Giants. So the market's saying these are two meaningfully different teams. And that's being reflected in the pricing. Whereas you drive call, we say that these are pretty two equally matched teams. Four and a half points is too much. The last game, Monday Night Football, Rams at Green Bay. Rams plus seven, 39 and a half. We're lower that, than the market on both these teams. I think I like the Rams plus seven. Yeah. Again, it's not a place I'm betting just because two bad teams and it's just not my style of play but i agree that seven is too much and the packers have shown no ability all year to separate from teams but again we saw like their power rank 10th or numbers happen the 24th i lean much closer to the 24 than the 10. one thing i'm monitoring for for props purposes is tutu atwell has been the go-to target in situations so the team is trailing since he got some run i'd be betting some receiving yards and receiving props of his if the game script goes according to what vegas thinks and if they uh, if the rams are trailing all right good stuff that wraps up the nfl week 15 nfl betting market outlook again we'll be back in a couple weeks to wrap up the season going into the playoffs as we take a little bit of a mini break going into the end of the year and into the holidays. Hope everyone enjoys any vacations that they may have. And we'll see you in game trade live betting this Sunday and then back on the betting market outlook as we go into the playoffs. That's closing bell.